following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Uh, let's start with our call to worship, um, which is from Psalm 31. And I'm going to go ahead and read it right off the screen here. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. I was talking with some of the folks who were here early uh, in the Zoom meeting um, about uh, what today is. And... Um, I mentioned at, at the welcome that even though Christmas Day was yesterday and we might be feeling kind of the, the blue letdown that comes when Christmas is over, um, when it comes to the Christian calendar, Christmas is observed as a season, and it's just the, uh, the season of Christmas tide that comes for the, um, the, we the weeks following Christmas Day, the Sundays following Christmas Day, and so today is the second day of Christmas tide. And uh, it's also December 26th, uh, a special day for two reasons in two ways on the Christian calendar. And they're actually ways that most American Christians are not familiar with. We don't really observe these days, but um, I thought uh, it might be kind of a fun way to be in solidarity with the Christians in other countries of the world to talk a little bit about Boxing Day and St. Stephen's Day. So that's what we're going to do today. And I'll tell you a little bit about each of them. Um, uh, first of all, I'll start with Boxing Day and the way that Wikipedia describes it, which is as follows. Boxing Day is a holiday celebrated the day after Christmas Day, occurring on the second day of Christmastide. Though it originated as a holiday to give gifts to the poor, today, Boxing Day is primarily known as a shopping holiday, <laughs> which... Um, Maybe it's maybe it actually would make a good American holiday after all. I don't know. I mean, that pretty much tells us all we need to know about uh, human nature, doesn't it? We have a holiday that started out um, being a day where we give gifts to the poor and we turned it into a shopping holiday. Um, now, the origins of Boxing Day are actually not totally known, but we think that the idea is that that um, gifts would be given in a box to uh, from the from the um, wealthy people to their um, to their poor servants and helpers in their households. Um, also, there would have been an alms box in a church that people could have put uh, coins into to give uh, to the poor in their community. So, um, these these might be where we get the idea of uh, of Boxing Day. Um, but it's interesting, one of, the, one of those things that we just, we don't actually know uh, with certainty. So the second day of Christmastide, December 26th, is also known as St. Stephen's Day or the Feast of Stephen. And uh, it is celebrated in honor of one of the first Christian martyrs, 
St. Stephen, who was stoned to death, we think around uh, 36 um, AD. So um, there was a request for us to do the uh, the Boxing Day, uh, St. Stephen's Day hymn, Good King Wenceslas. Um, but I was not able to learn it <laughs> in time to do it. So you'll have to uh, settle for me quoting some of the lyrics to, uh, to you. It's an interesting song. Uh, you probably all know the tune, but you probably don't know any of the words. It's the one that goes dun, 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 right? So um, it's about good King Wenceslas, who was a king going on a journey um, through harsh winter weather for the purpose of giving alms to a poor peasant on the feast of St. Stephen. Um, and during the journey, the king's uh, assistant, his page, is um, getting weaker and weaker because of the cold weather and is about to give up. But he ends up making it through by following in the king's footprints through the deep snow. Um, <clears throat> and you can see the symbolism that's, that's coming through there, can't you? And so the last stanza of this, of this Christmas carol says, In his master's steps he trod where the snow lay dinted. Heat was in the very sod which the saint had printed. Therefore, Christian men, and you know, it's an anachronistic there, but we, we include uh, people regardless of gender. Therefore, Christian people, be sure, wealth or rank possessing, ye who now will bless the poor shall yourselves find blessing. And so that's the, uh, that's the lesson um, for Boxing Day from Good King Wenceslas. But it is also St. Stephen's Day, and so I thought I'd read to you the story of uh, Stephen's martyrdom, which comes from the book of Acts. Uh, it starts in chapter 7, verse 54, and I'm going to read through um, the third verse of chapter 8, actually. So and this is the story of Stephen's martyrdom, and it'll be on your screen there as well. When they heard these things, they became enraged, enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout, all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died, and Saul approved of their killing him. That day, a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house. Dragging off both men and women, he committed them to prison. So the stoning of Stephen uh, was not just a single martyrdom. It was the beginning of the persecution of the whole church. And did you notice that it was approved by a young man named Saul? 
Now, Saul uh, was one of the great tormentors of the early Christians, as it started, as it tells us in the start of chapter 8. Went all over the place and and, um, through the force of law, uh, dragged Christians off. And um, if you know the story of the New Testament, you know that Saul would have a dramatic encounter with Jesus And he himself would be converted, and he would come to be known as Paul and go on to found countless churches throughout the the whole Mediterranean region, and also to write most of the letters in the Christian scriptures. He wrote a good portion of what we call the New Testament. And so right off the bat, I think one very meaningful message that we could take from this story is that the possibility of redemption in the Christian faith is endless. This person who had been the the greatest enemy of the church became its greatest proponent. And the other thing that it makes me think of is that I wonder if we might be reminded to, to consider what people have been through before passing judgment on them. What I mean is this, um, some of us find the apostle Paul a little abrasive in his writing. Um, it's kind of a running joke with, with us when we talk about Paul that, you know, he, he's not always easy to read. He's perhaps a little bit lacking in nuance. But when you consider his story, it, it probably isn't too hard to see that he maybe came by that honestly. Having been the worst enemy of the church, doing terrible things, and and um, the terrible things that he did didn't just harm them. They harmed him also. This is how sin works, isn't it? And I think one of the results of our ongoing spiritual development and evolution is that we can come to have compassion for those around us, um, even those who are wounding us, knowing that they were wounded first, and in fact are wounding themselves further, even in, the, even in the acts that they're committing. This is not by any stretch an easy thing to do. But I do think it's what we are called to, to become, people who have the capacity to do that. And you can see in Stephen's last words, this prayer that he cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them, that he had gotten to that point in his spiritual development and evolution to be able to to say that as the stones were raining down on him. What a powerful witness that must have been. I have to think that it played some part in Saul's conversion, um, witnessing that type of radical Christian love and forgiveness. And, and obviously it's a, it's a, it's Stephen doing the exact thing that Jesus did on the cross. So on boxing day, St. Stephen's day, how can we find inspiration here and meaning? How can Stephen be an example for us? I remember um, uh, being sort of obsessed with this story as a young Christian I don't know if anybody else had this experience, but um, when I was in youth group, I was pretty sure that there would come a moment in my life when I would have to choose between denying my faith and being allowed to live 
or proclaiming my faith and losing my life. Um, I don't know. I, I, I almost hope I'm the only one, but I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one who had that kind of mild sort of obsession going on in my, in my life. And this was pre-Columbine, pre-Al-Qaeda. So I, I don't really know what was going on. It was, except to say that it was a, it was a weird time to be in youth group. <laughs> it was the 90s. Um, but you see, that even the way that I framed that, that feeling that I had, is such a clue about how the story of Scripture can be twisted to fit a new narrative because Stephen was not kidnapped by people of a foreign religion or no religion and then killed because he refused to deny his faith when they gave him one last chance to do so. Stephen was killed because he stood up to the legal religious authorities and keep in mind that those are basically the same thing in his world. And he gave a long, fiery sermon telling them how they were stiff-necked betrayers of the truth who refused to live out their tradition and refused to keep the very religious law that they were charged with enforcing. <laughs> I mean, let me show you what I mean. This, I'll show you in the Bible. Um, this part right here is the stoning of Stephen. His sermon starts back here. <laughs> and so he goes and goes and goes and goes. They probably threw rocks at him just to get him to shut up. Anyway, this is my point. That stories of martyrdom, like the story of Stephen being stoned in Acts chapter 7, they're kind of a double-edged sword. Because on one hand, they are deeply inspiring to think about somebody sacrificing their very life for what they believe. But on the other hand, that's almost too inspiring to be any good to us. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what, what do we even do with that? What meaning could it have for us? Because no one is coming after us with rocks. By the way, speaking of how we twist the stories of Scripture to fit a new narrative, um, pretty much no one is being meaningfully persecuted in America for being a Christian. So if we could just turn that dial down as a church, I would really, I really like that. Um, and again, this is a story about a person being persecuted by his own religious tradition for calling them out on the ways that they're not living up uh, to that tradition. Um, so... Uh, but anyway, since no one is coming after us with rocks, we might be tempted to think that this story doesn't have anything for us. And this is the mistake that I talk about so often of thinking that you have to do everything in order to do anything. I should probably give this a name because I talk about it uh, enough. I'm, I'm thinking about calling it the fallacy of not starting small. Let me know how that sits with you. If you have a better name, I'd love to hear it. The idea is you don't have to lose your actual life in order to make sacrifices for the kingdom of God. And in fact, I think, uh, um, I'm inclined to think that this is, this is sometimes a convenient excuse to do nothing. I know it is for me. I will own that for myself. But I wonder if it might be true for you too, to say basically, well, I'm not going to be a martyr, so I guess I better just sit on my hands. And instead, I wish we'd think more often 
you know, others have been willing to lose their very lives for this cause. What simple sacrifices can I make today? And the risk comes when you try to compare your simple sacrifice with the ultimate sacrifice that someone else might have made. Um, I just think that is a recipe for not making the simple sacrifice. Comparison is the thief of joy and many other things as well. You know, a, a reading that is sometimes paired with the stoning of Stephen from Act 7 comes from 1 Peter chapter 2. And in that chapter, um, you read this, Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I love that this reading is paired, paired with the stoning of Stephen because it takes that weapon, that, um, that symbol of violence, and turns it into something constructive, literally constructive. It talks about building a house out of stones rather than taking them up against our enemies. It's very much in keeping with the, the vision of turning, you know, beating plows or uh, swords into plowshares um, that we find in scripture. So what if instead of thinking about some imaginary day where we might have to make the ultimate sacrifice, we wanted to consider how can we take one stone at a time and build a spiritual house? Offering sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, uh, to use the language of 1 Peter. Now, that might look like giving alms to the poor instead of going shopping on Boxing Day. And since Boxing Day isn't really a shopping day in America, we might replace that with Black Friday or, or um, you know, Christmas in general and how much we spend on it or birthdays and all the ways that we, we allow ourselves extravagance. One way that we could build our spiritual house and act in keeping with the sacrifice of people like Stephen and honoring that sacrifice would be to take some of that extravagance and to give it to others. And that would be a really good thing to do on Boxing Day. It would be, again, a way of, of acting in solidarity with Christians around the world who are observing this today. Or if we really wanted to lean into St. Stephen's example, it might, be, it might mean being willing to lose some prestige and some position by speaking up to the powers that be. You wouldn't necessarily have to go on for an entire chapter. But I bet there will be moments when you have an opportunity to speak truth to power, to use that cliche. And that can get you in trouble, all kinds of trouble, and it doesn't have to lead to, uh, to the result that Stephen had in order to be significant enough to, to, to make you consider maybe not saying anything at all. Don't be afraid to start small with them. Don't be afraid to stretch yourselves. And whatever way you might 
try to observe Boxing Day or St. Stephen's Day on this second day of Christmas tide. Don't forget that you are never alone. You have the great cloud of witnesses that came before us, and we have each other. This is one of the reasons why it's so important to us in the history of our church to take communion at every service, um, which is not a super common thing in churches in our tradition. But we've always done it, and it's you, you hear my words following the partaking of the elements. You know, one of the things I always say is, may this be an act of unity with each other and Christians around the world and throughout time. And so I think it's a great way to respond to this story about St. Stephen. It's a great way to conclude a um, moment of reflection about Boxing Day to take communion together. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.